Hello and welcome back to episode 11, everybody, where I'm going to recap the Dell match play. I got to go out there on Thursday, so I get to tell you about my experience there, along with Kevin Kisner's victory, defeating Matt Kuchar. And then this week, we're in San Antonio, TPC San Antonio, the golf course being played, where I had the chance to play in a sectional event in January. So I get to talk about the golf course a little bit and what I think about that, along with some fantasy advice and some players to look at for the week. But go ahead and enjoy this intro made by a good friend of mine, Aaron English. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for this, and let's get going. Vinny's Tour Talk, episode 11, recapping the Dell match play and previewing the Valero Texas Open. Both uh, pretty cool courses that I've been a part of that I both played. So I think that's interesting there. Uh, I got to go on Thursday. Of course, I saw Tiger Woods. Yes, the crowd was twice as big as last year, but still had a good time, as always, watching the best players in the world. Uh, spent most of my time by the practice green, I'd say the first half. and the second half, uh, second year in a row, I've kind of chilled on 15 green across the tents there a uh, usually good spot where you can watch the second shots come in and and watch the players put out uh, also also a good spot because it's right there by the restrooms and the concession stands which is uh, not always easy to find <laughs> but uh your winner in the tournament was kevin kisner who lost in the final round last year against bubba watson so back-to-back -back years that kevin kisner has been in the final round at the dell match play and first time that has happened, first time a player has reached the final round in back-to-back -back years since 2009-2010 being Paul Casey. And yes, I looked up that stat on my own. Thank you very much. Uh, but Kisner went 6-1 and one throughout the week, taking down some pretty big names along the way, including Tony Finau, Keith Mitchell, uh, who's playing well, Luis, Louis Oosthuizen, Francesco Molinari, and of course Matt Kuchar. His only loss was on the first day against uh, Ian Poulter, who both of them actually ended up in a playoff on Friday uh, due to the fact that they both had the same record in their group, that round robin group. So uh, you have to determine a winner uh, out of that group. So they went into a three-hole playoff where Kevin Kisner made birdie there to move on to the weekend. Obviously, uh, well-deserved. Kids will be talked about in a lot of the upcoming Ryder Cups. Clearly, he's proven that he's a good match play player, uh, winning this year and also getting second last year at the Dell match play. And anybody who watches golf and just kind of knows uh, Kevin Kisner's game, uh, the dude just quite a grinder. Isn't afraid to say it how it is. Uh, you know, very blunt in his interviews. Uh, look the guy up. He has some actually some pretty funny YouTube videos, including the one where he got kicked off his home course uh, back at home because he was drinking beer, racing golf carts, uh, doing all sorts of crazy fun stuff at his home track back in Georgia. Uh, fun guy. Get to know him. Kevin Kisner, your 2019 Dell Match Play champion. I think it's safe to say that uh, fans were very pleased with how Tiger Woods played throughout the week at the Dell Match Play. Uh, made it to the round of eight. Beat Rory McIlroy on Saturday morning, which was a very interesting round, but uh, was just one stroke away from advancing to the Final Four on Sunday. Him and Lucas Beauregard 
were tied on number 18. Both hit some pretty long drives that were, I don't know, probably just 60, 70 yard, yards away from the pin. Both uphill. Uh, Tiger's ball was in the rough. Actually, Lucas was a little closer. He's probably just a little 40-yard pitch. Tiger's ball was in the rough. Had to go uphill with the bunker in front of him and the and the pin just on the other side of the bunker. So short-sided. Uh, really, if, if he could have just got the ball you know, 15, 20 feet past the hole, two-putted for par, he would have gone into the playoff with Luca, Lucas Beauregard, and the winner there would have advanced to the Final Four on Sunday. But uh, you could tell Tiger was trying to get that ball really, really close, which was a pretty low percentage sh- uh, shot, especially considering his ball was in the rough. Um, I just, I just, you know, obviously he was trying to go for the win, and, and if anybody's going to pull it off, it's going to be him. But I would have liked to see him hit the ball a good 15 feet past the hole where he has a chance at birdie. If not, you know, a look at Park and get him into the playoff. But uh, didn't make it there. So in the final four on Sunday, you had Matt Kuchar, who defeated Lucas Beauregard, and then Kevin Kisner, who defeated Francesco Molinari. Then, as we know, it was Kiz defeating Kuchar in the final, uh, the final grouping there, and then Francesco Molinari went ahead and took care of third place, beating Lucas Beauregard in the consolation match. So all in all, a good week, not too much disappointment. Tiger advanced to the weekend. You had Kevin Kisner, who I think. Um, most of the fans out there are fans of uh, defeat Matt Kuchar. And not to mention the Dell match play extended a uh, four-year contract to stay in Austin. So we will be back next year and uh, for the next few years to come. Let's move on to the Valero Texas Open in San Antonio. Golf courses TPC San Antonio, the Oaks course where I played in January. Pretty cool track. Uh, par 72 will be playing. A little over 7,400 yards for these players. Uh, Greg Norman and Sergio Garcia actually designed it, which I thought was pretty interesting, different at least, and is usually considered as one of the most difficult non-major courses year by year on tour. (laughs) When I played the course back in January, it was a little two-man event. Uh, Played with Cody Price. Uh, it was 37 degrees out when we played. Conditions should be a little different for the players this week. But as far as what I have to say about the course, uh, I found myself in a lot of tricky situations when I missed the green hole high. Uh, so being short or maybe even being a little long on certain holes uh, wasn't so much a, wasn't so much of an issue as if you just miss right or left of the green. Uh, just a lot of slope around the greens a lot of greenside bunkers and if they get those pins in certain spots uh, it makes it pretty darn difficult to get up and down also tee shots will be pretty crucial here uh, fairways are fairly wide but there's a lot of just hidden fairway bunkers and just you know hidden trouble that you can't quite see off the tee box so uh, definitely got to know the course a little bit Players with good course history isn't a bad idea here. I know like a Jimmy Walker obviously first comes to mind. He's not playing good, but I'm going to have him simply because of how well he plays there and and, uh, obviously a San Antonio native. Players who hit a lot of greens, who don't find themselves missing any greens and and keep the ball in play will be up there at the top. And those are really the two main things. I'd maybe look at scrambling, maybe bunker play, um, or kind of two Fielski stats, but... 
Course history, greens, and regulation is kind of what I'm keying on here. Let's go ahead and give you a few picks to look at. Some of the bigger names include a Ricky Fowler, who it's his first time playing in the Valero, a Jordan Spieth, Matt Kuchar, Tony Finau, and one of these guys' name at the top, Sung J M, who's been playing very good as of lately. Uh, T3 at the Arnold Palmer, missed the cut at the players by one, and then a T4 at the Valspar and T7 last week. Uh, Sung J M, who was one of the most expensive players on DraftKings this week, 10100 Below him, Jim Furyk, Jason Kokrak, Lucas Glover, Ben On, Ryan Moore. So you can see, uh, kind of after that Fowler, Kucher, Finau, Spieth, names drop off quite a bit. Uh, Billy Horschel is one name that I would include in there. Been playing very good. Hasn't missed a cut all year. And uh, has a pretty good track record here at the Valero. Finishing inside the top five a couple times. Uh, other than that, let's go ahead and look down the list at maybe some players that you would consider that aren't in that grade A area. Uh, Abraham Answer, but believe it or not, he is just below those guys at 8,900 this week in DraftKings. I like him. He's a San Antonio native. He's played very well over the last 12 months, including uh, at the players where he finished inside the top 10, uh, ranked 58 in the world. Johnny Vegas, who is usually very, very cheap uh, as far as the DraftKings salary goes, but he's at 87 this week, third at the Players, 16th at the Honda, 10th, 10th at the Waste Management this year, uh, and he's one of few players outside looking in for the Masters, so I want you to take that in consideration this week. Players who aren't, uh, who don't have Master Invites, uh, can go ahead and get in if they play well enough and win this week. Johnny Vegas being one of those players, along with Jim Furyk, who is super expensive at 96. So usually I consider those guys sleepers, but technically not this week. So when you scroll down the list and uh, really have to look for some guys that are near the bottom, I uh, hate to say it, but Brendan Steele has not been playing good whatsoever this year, but he won back here in 2011. He's also made seven cuts out of his eight times that he's played here and has four top 25 finishes out of those uh, eight times he's played here. Brendan Steele at 7,200. Uh, Joel Dahman, who we mentioned a lot, makes a lot of cuts. Uh, missed a few hand or missed a couple uh, there in a row, but he's played well his last three events, finishing inside the top 30 in each. A very good ball striker from Tita Green. Uh, not a very good putter, ranking outside the top 100 in strokes gained, but however, this is a course where poor putters can definitely find success. Trey Molinak, 7,400 on DraftKings. Got third here last year. Uh, big big ball hitter, hits it a long ways. Uh, Going to have a lot of short irons and wedges into holes. And uh, 9 out of 13 on cuts made this season. JT Poston, another player at 7,400. A good player, 11 for 14 on cuts made. Uh, likes to go low and make birdies. Nick Taylor at 7,200. Uh, five cuts in a row for Nick and hasn't finished outside the top 33 in that span. Tied for 22 here in 2017. Missed cut last year, but a player who's tr who is cheap and uh, makes a lot of cuts, Nick Taylor. And uh, Mackenzie Hughes at 7,200, another Canadian who I'm going to have on my team. He's only 5 for 11 on cuts made this year, but a T for 13 two weeks ago and T2 last week. Uh, so someone who's playing very good golf right now and 
I can see making a cut. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes at 7,200. And Kyle Stanley at seven uh, 7,000. Uh, very accurate. Led the PGA Tour in greens in regulation, regulation percentage in 2016-2017. But uh, just hasn't been playing great on tour this year. Although he did play pretty solid at the Dell match play, even though he didn't advance uh, to the weekend, beat Louis, beating Louis Oosthuizen and also having another match. Uh, Kyle Stanley, an accurate golfer, who I can see uh, kind of making a turnaround and playing well here at TPC San Antonio. And last thing I'm going to note here uh, are players in the field, like we talked about, uh, inside the top 20 in the greens and regulation percentage this year. Matt Kuchar at the top of the list. Uh, below him, Ryan Palmer. Then you have uh, Lucas Glover, who is actually near the top around the greens uh, stats-wise as well. Johnson Wagner, Jim Furyk, Brendan Steele, and Andrew Putnam. Uh, some players inside the top 20 as far as greens and regulation percentage goes on tour this year, which is going to be much needed this week uh, at TPC San Antonio. With all that being said, going to go ahead and reveal my DraftKings lineup. Right, my big dog this week is Billy Horschel. Again, he's made all cuts, 11 for 11 on cuts made this year, just one of six players to make all of his cuts uh, in 10 or more starts. Uh, he's also, like I said, played very well here. Uh, he has a third, a T4, and a T11 in three out of his last four years here at TPC. Below him, Abraham Answer. Like I said, lives in San Antonio. Uh, very good player, very good ball striker. I like him even though he's a little more expensive than usual. Johnny Vegas played at University of Texas near San Antonio. Uh, in pretty good form. He, he played well in Florida during that Florida swing. Played well in Arizona at the Waste Management. And uh, he really needs this win not only to get into the Masters, but also uh, kind of put his name into that President's Cup and any kind of playoff talk as well. I went ahead and went with Jimmy Walker. He's the well-known San Antonio native around here. Uh, has not played well at all this year, missing multiple cuts and and really not putting himself into, into contention in any tournaments. But if that's going to change... Uh, it's definitely going to be here in San Antonio uh, where he won in 2015 and has finished inside the top 15 in the last two years. Very familiar with, the course, Jimmy Walker, 7,800. Below him, I went with that McKenzie Hughes that we talked about. Obviously playing very good golf. Last week, got T2 in the alternate tournament that uh, players who did not make the Dell match play were playing in. Uh, he shot 69, 70, 66, 66, so obviously making birdies, hitting the ball well, putting good, and T13 the week before. Uh, again, here's a guy who I think will make the cut simply because uh, his solid play as of late, Mackenzie Hughes at 7,200. And last but not least, I went ahead and went with Kyle Stanley, who has been known to be one of the most accurate players on tour, just hasn't been in great form this season. Uh, maybe this is the tournament that can get him going especially before the Masters, Kyle Stanley. So I have a Billy Horschel, Abraham Answer, Johnny Vegas, Jimmy Walker, Mackenzie Hughes, and Kyle Stanley to round out my DraftKings lineup for the week. Let's go ahead and talk about the tip of the week now to end the show, brought to you by the Academy of Golf Dynamics. And it's going to be about that hybrid play. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this before, but 
I'm seeing it being used more and more by these tour players. And not only that, I'm using it a lot more myself around the greens. And that is, uh, you know, if you're around the green, uh, not in rough, I'd say in any kind of short grass, and you want to kind of put the ball to the hole rather than chip it, uh, usually putting's not not ever a bad option. However, when you pull out a hybrid and kind of stick to that putting motion, one, you don't have to hit the hybrid or, or swing the hybrid near as long as a putter. Uh, two, it's going to glide on top of that grass, that fringe better than a putter would, so the ball won't necessarily get kicked off line like a putter does sometimes. And uh, three, uh, you'll find yourself never really miss hitting it and uh, you can you can really it's really effective out of bad lies thin lies so if I find myself near a green and I have a bad lie thin lie not a lot of green to work with I always consider taking my hybrid out and uh, kind of putting it up there versus a putter or or an iron or some kind of wedge using your putter around the greens uh, to get a good feel and uh, to lower scores or I meant hybrid not putter that's it for episode 11 of Vinny's Tour Talk. Next week, I'll have a guest on. I'm going to keep him secret for now. But want to thank everybody for listening. Good luck this week with your DraftKings lineups. Hope everybody's getting a chance to get out there and play now that the weather's getting better. Holler at me if you want to play or maybe get a tune-up for some lessons. Have a good week, everybody.